0: Hey there, everyone, grab your cup of coffee and find a comfy spot because in this not to be missed episode, we're journeying into the world of college scholarships with an inspiring chat from Denise Thomas. She's the mama who's converting stress into success, transforming the narrative around college debt and showing us the paths less traveled for funding college education. By the end, you'll feel ready to tackle your kids' college plans with newfound confidence. Welcome to the Mama Genius Hub podcast your hub for all things motherhood and self-discovery. I'm your host, Michelle DeKaiser, here to empower and connect you. Genius isn't a word around here, it's our guiding light. Guiding kids' genius, empowering mama's purpose, navigating motherhood, igniting connections, including the transformational powers of women's circles, unleashing self-care and success stories of mothers just like you. Join us on our journey to live in your genius zone. Subscribe and let's do motherhood together. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Mama Genius Hub podcast. I'm so excited to have Denise here. She's going to give you such a wealth of information of how to get your kids to college, how to get them the, the money that, that we don't know is out there. Oh, my God. She has so much richness for us today. But let me go ahead and introduce her so we can bring her right on. So she is a TEDx speaker, international bestselling author, and coach to parents of college bound teens. Denise Thomas inspires, educates, and equips parents to take an active role in supporting their children to live a life of financial freedom. I love that, we all need that. Her mission is to flip the student debt statistic in the US. Denise is a 20 year homeschool veteran having homeschooled her two children from pre-K through high school. Using her proprietary repetitive strategies they attended their first choice college on 17 scholarships, exceeding $199,000. Let me repeat that again. $199,000. Walking out of college, with cash in hand, that is just simply unheard of. They got paid to go to college. Denise says you can keep your money, send your kids to college on other people's cash. College doesn't have to be a debt sentence. I love that so much, niece. Welcome. I can't wait to hear what you have to share with us
1: today. I'm so excited to have you on. Well, thank you, Michelle. I am so glad to be here and to be able to talk to your audience.
0: So just let us know, how did this all start? Where did this all come from?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so it started with being desperate as a parent, okay? Um, Just like uh, probably most parents, we didn't save for college, We thought about it, never happened. Just just didn't do it, right? Life gets in the way. And there came a point in time when my daughter was 12, 13 years old that my husband was laid off from his job that he had had for 15 years. That layoff, then he got another job immediately so I could breathe for a moment because we literally had just built a house. We had just built our dream home. And then he gets laid off. You're like, holy crud. So he gets another job, thank goodness, and then gets laid off again a few months later. Michelle, we were not paying attention to what was happening in our industry or in the world for that matter. And the next thing that happened was that the stock market crashed. With that crash, we lost our 401k. It was obliterated. And then we're, and we're still trying to pay bills on a new house. Yeah, it was gone in a hurry. So just literally over the, over the span of probably six months, a year tops, there was nothing left. We had literally enough left to buy a lawnmower and a trailer and pay a bankruptcy attorney and file for bankruptcy. And oh, by the way, you do have to pay the bankruptcy attorney. He's not free. So, the bankruptcy was liquidation. Everything that we owned was sold, including the kids' toys, um, books, furniture, Christmas decorations, pots and pans. And I know some of us have been to garage sales or even had garage sales ourselves, but this was a whole different thing. This was having strangers come into my home and asked to purchase the pot I was cooking my dinner in. And I had to ladle the food I was cooking into a container so I could clean and sell my $200 Magnolite pot that I had received as a wedding gift and sell it for $5. But the worst part was that because we ended up having to go move to a small apartment. Why? Well, because we uh, had to foreclose on the house. I mean, there was, you know, everything was gone. I'm not kidding. It was all gone. So at that point in time, um, our dogs had to be, go to a different owner. Uh, That was tough. That was probably the hardest thing for me. And we moved into a small apartment. Just a few months into this apartment, I realized my daughter is starting high school. College was going to be in four years. How are we going to pay for college? We have no savings left, no 401k to borrow against, no house to borrow equity from. And that bankruptcy means we can't co-sign for student loans. You see, they they love to talk about student loan, the debt crisis, and all that kind of garbage. But here here's the thing. That's just a political football. Truth is, for the last three decades, kids have had the same student debt. It's about the cost of a new car note. But the parents are co-signing beyond what would be a car note. They don't talk about that. It's parents and grandparents that have to co-sign for that amount. And then I realized the bankruptcy took student loans off the table for us. How are our kids going to go to college? So that's when I started doing the research. And that's when I realized there were some things that we've been believing for the last three decades that just aren't true. Those beliefs that we have, I call them myths, are what's keeping our kids in student debt. And we keep repeating them over and over and over again, because that's what we're told. High school counselors tell us that. Our best friends tell us that. You see, as I was doing this research, Michelle, my best friends were saying, Denise, you're starting too early. Wait till junior year for that. Because that's what we're told. But waiting till junior year is what's going to keep your kids in student loan debt because there are things you need to know earlier in order for your kids to have these opportunities. So that was where it started, but where it ended four years later, I call it nothing short of a miracle. It was like being led to the, to just the right things, even though I didn't know what I was doing. And then Okay, so we had all this wonderful success with my daughter. Can we do this again with my son? Five years later, yes, we can. Cool. Then my son goes off to college. We buy a 42-foot motorhome and went full-time RVing for five years. Because you see, when you're not paying for your kids to go to school, it's still your money. You get to do what you want. But while I was... RVing the entire time I was getting phone calls, text messages friends or or friends of friends and they would ask how did you do it? What do we do next Denise? Here's where we are. I remember you did this with your kids. What What's the next step? And I found myself copying and pasting to each and every, I don't know, this is what we did. Here you go. And A little bit later, we had always owned some type of small business. So while we're on the road, uh, after about three years in, my husband asks, hey, you know, we're on the road. We have a lot of time available. Um, Why don't you start another business of some kind? And I thought to myself, well, I'm already doing it. I just probably should get paid for it. And that's how Cracking the Code to Free College began. And the results have been phenomenal and exciting. Uh, there's there's nothing that warms my heart more than to have a parent text me and say, oh, by the way, my kid was accepted to XYZ school and XYZ school, and here's the scholarships they won, and they're going to college debt-free with cash left over.
0: That's just, you're right. It does sound like a miracle because that just seems insane compared to what we think as a society. I mean, you think like you're already like bracing as a parent like saving up now as a baby for them yeah. to like go to college and just the thought of like okay what's this going to cost me and as the prices of inflation keep going up with school every year it's like more expensive and more expensive <laughs> but i love that you have a way for us to do it without any of that
1: and without the stress that's that's the thing that you know we we're stressing our kids out and the parents you know from the time they start college or or earlier you know and I don't believe that that's necessary. You know, if you start this process early, let's say middle school sometime, you can kind of stretch over the course of those five, six, seven years the things that you need to do and that your kid needs to do so that you're not crunched for that time, you know, two months before you're turning in your kids' college applications because, oh, we didn't do XYZ, let's throw that in. Again, there's a lot of myths involved here and and I'm glossing over some of them just for the sake of time. But for example, we believe that, well, our kid has to be, you know, the jack of all trades, let's say. They they have to have all of these activities under their belt to to be that, quote, well-rounded student. No, they don't. Colleges are not looking for the jack of all trades. They're looking for what lights your kid up. What's the one or two things that really tell them who your child is? And when I was figuring this out for my own kids, I really didn't know what I was doing. Total transparency, none whatsoever. But what I did is I looked at what I saw that was working, not knowing what pieces were working. And I said, okay, so what sounds logical? that it might impact college acceptance or winning scholarships. And we implemented all of those things with our kids. And when you think about it, it does make sense. You know, colleges are technically looking for three things. Are you going to pass and graduate? That affects their statistics. Well, your GPA and test scores tells them that. Truthfully, people have said over and over again, oh, test scores don't tell you anything. I call bull crap. There's a reason colleges actually still want them. And no, colleges are not, quote, test optional. We have heard that for the last three years because of COVID. Uh, they went test optional for a short duration for the purpose of COVID because kids couldn't get tests taken. Uh, but there are two different departments here, the admissions department and the financial aid and scholarships department. Hmm the admissions department, and right now only 50%, half of colleges are still test optional. So if you look at the statistics, though, those colleges that are test optional still, they accept 250% more kids with tests than they do without. That should tell you something. It tells you that without the tests, your kids need to have something special to overcome that obstacle because you didn't turn in the tests. So there's just these little things that we kind of come upon. And as I said, they're looking for kids that they're going to pass and graduate. They're looking to see how you fit into the campus community. What kind of contribution will you make? And more importantly, what kind of an alumni will you be? Some of that's a gut check, some of it is experience. They've looked at thousands of applications. They know what they're gonna get when they accept certain kids. So figuring this out takes time and it took, I'm not kidding you, 7,000 hours of research between my two kids. But it just flipping and worked. And when I asked at the end of all of this stuff, when I was getting ready to put it online after working with friends and relatives and their friends and relatives, I asked, what makes this different? What do you see as the difference in what we're doing with cracking the code to free college versus quote, everything else out there. And what came about just blew my mind. It's like, yeah, you're right. It's the difference between six flags and Disney world. They both have the same components, rides, food, entertainment, and your college application for your kid will have the same quote components as everyone else's application. However, what makes Disney world different from six flags is marketing and storytelling. That's the difference. And that's what we're doing when we are using Cracking the Code to Free College. We are creating the marketing for your child. We're creating your child's personal brand that markets your child to the college and scholarship committees, telling the story of who your child is. It's a completely different mind thought process of how this works. And you're you're flipping it, you know, colleges advertised to you. No, now we're advertising to the college. Do you want to so,
0: so you were saying that we should start in middle school? So what are some of the things that we sh- as parents should start to do as they're progressing through the grade levels?
1: I am glad you asked that. Well, obviously, you know, there there's the there's the things that are important where it comes to grades, you know, GPA and test scores. Your kids need to get study skills and i know you've got kids that are brilliant and they don't need to study i get that but there are certain study skills that you can impart even when your child is a flipping genius okay such as oh great you know that really well you got a's on all your homework and your tests fabulous teach me that thing cuz when you're teaching it to someone else you're learning it better yourself it's a it's one of the many Study skill strategies. So teach your kids study skills early. Second, when it comes to finding the thing that your child loves to do that really lights them up, give your kids opportunities during the middle school years. This is the time to explore. So maybe, you know, maybe little Johnny or Susie's been playing baseball since the age of three awesome. They have been going to, to these, uh, they've got tournaments. They've got all kinds, they've got all kinds of stuff. This is what we do, but we need to ask the question, do you love it? Or are you just doing this because mom and dad have been dropping you off three times a week since you were three years old? And that's just what we do.
0: I love that so much because that really does question the genius in the child because sometimes it's
1: just habit or tradition. Yeah, it is. It becomes habit. It's what we do. We plan for this. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're doing this. Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, we're doing this. But here's the thing, and I know it's tough. Look, I I had kids. I get it, okay? It, it It is tough to squeeze other things in, but you need to give your kids a chance to try other things. Give you an example. Yes, my daughter was in dance from the time she was three years old. At about age nine, I'm going to go with, we put her in gymnastics and in softball while she was still doing dance. Was it tough? You bet it was. It was a lot of coming and going and logistics and, okay, well, this one ends here. We got 30 minutes to make it to the next thing. It's tough. But you've got to give your kids a chance to try new things. And it may just be a one season thing that they try. Maybe they're like, you know, I'm not into the heat with baseball. Forget it. Whatever. Uh, but also think kind of outside the box. What other oddball things they might enjoy? For example, ballroom dancing. Both of my kids ended up really enjoying that. Is something like that available? Is there some, I'm going to go with artsy fartsy, cultural thing available in your arena? And it's, here's the thing. Sometimes we think things are expensive and some things can be, but then some things may not be. And the exposure is important, not just where college is concerned, but in the development of who your child becomes and the things that they enjoy. I'll give you another example. It wasn't just Okay, that they enjoyed doing ballroom dance, taking lessons, competing, whatever. But other cultural things that they enjoyed, attending a professional ballet, attending a philharmonic orchestra rehearsal. Guess what? The rehearsals for these things might be free or five or 10 bucks per person versus 60. Um, going to an opera, going to a tea room, having tea. Learning about the history of tea when you go. See, everything doesn't have to be just entertainment. It could be something that really becomes a learning opportunity. And I homeschooled my kids. So for us, I always believed everything you do has yes. an educational side to it. Going to the grocery store is educational. So give your kids opportunities.
0: I love that. And I love like giving the opportunities and then really seeing what fosters in them because of the opportunities. And so it's so vital. I mean, especially exactly why you're here, why we're doing this podcast is opening up those possibilities because I mean, ballroom dancing wasn't even something that like, you know, but it's just throwing those ideas out and seeing if anything takes. I mean, You don't necessarily have to start with the classes of ballroom dancing. Maybe watch an episode of one of the shows and see if your cat is even interested in it. But just it's that exposure. I love that idea and and getting out there. And really, you're right. In middle school, it really is that turning point for them to like, maybe they have been doing something forever, but maybe they're burnt out now. And so it's time to readjust and rethink these things through. And I love that so much just to rethink that through. So what are some of the other like things that we should be doing in terms of scholarships or
1: how do we apply for some of those? Okay. So um, I'm going to blow your mind. Scholarships for college begin in kindergarten. Whoa, (laughs) I'm blown. There is literally one scholarship or two that are just for kids age five or so kindergarten grade level that one is the doodle for google scholarship now if you've ever used the google chrome search engine i'm sure you've noticed the drawings around the google logo they're usually holiday themed or what have you You might have little houses drawn around it could be little christmas lights whatever those are entries or winners for the doodle for google scholarship contest And it goes from kindergarten all the way through i believe i don't know if it stops at eighth grade no i think it goes all the way through high school senior year now and of course your kindergarten is not competing with eighth graders okay it's categorized based on grade grade level groupings Uh, but your kid could win a thousand dollars or more
0: mama's drowning in laundry and feeling drained ditch the superwoman cape Join the free Mama Genius Reboot Kickstart Kit and rise above burnout. Reclaim your energy, joy, and inner genius. Get clear directions, celebrate wins with a beautiful tracker, and connect with supportive mamas. Ready to feel renewed? Ditch the cape, grab your free kit at ConnectingMamas.com, click Mama Reboot Challenge, or click in the show notes below, and sparkle out of burnout
1: together. So that's just one idea of what's available. Now, there's not very many scholarships that your child will qualify to apply for age 13 and under. There's just a handful or two, probably 20 or so even available. So just maybe a handful your child would qualify for. Once they hit high school, high school, freshman, sophomore and junior year, there are scholarships available, probably a few hundred or so. The second they become high school seniors, which, by the way, is the moment they leave junior year. That summer between is their senior summer. There are scholarships that become available as high school seniors. That is 1.7 million scholarships available for high school seniors. Did you miss the boat after that? No, there are still scholarships available for college students current college kids, undergrads. Then there are scholarships available for postgraduate work, for you're getting your graduate degree, your master's, your professional degree. There's scholarships for medical school and vet school. I kid you not, until the last parchment is in hand, keep looking for free money. It's available.
0: Wow. (laughs) So where would, I mean, do you have a system in your program that allows to help search for the scholarships or where,
1: where do we search for all this? I do. And it's also in my book. I have my, my, my program. Finding scholarships is probably 10% of winning is what I would call it of, of winning the, the, the whole enchilada. Finding scholarships is a lot easier than people think simply because there's just so many, there's 1.8 million available Totally, $23 billion given away every year. So the money is available. Finding it is actually easier than parents think. Uh, people will say, and you will hear, start with local scholarships. Uh, yes, because local scholarships, well, the pool of applicants is gonna be smaller. It's just your local community. But there are fewer of those and there are national scholarships available. And local scholarships are only available for high school seniors 99% of the time. So the scholarships for the younger grade levels and the older ones are generally going to be found with an internet search or with searching uh, on databases. And in my program and in my book, I cover 17 methods of finding scholarships that your kid has the best chance of winning. Because you don't want to be applying for the wrong scholarships that, you know, they they really don't care about. And you want to know how to win. What does it take to win that particular scholarship? What are they looking for in the winning application? So it takes a little bit of time. Uh, That's probably the most amount of time that that you'll take in the program. The rest of it is very straightforward. Uh, Well, everything is pretty step by step. I'm a very logical engineering type of person, so that's where I'm coming from when it comes to doing the process uh, i had I was in a, a a conference recently, and another fella had come over to take over my booth so I could go and have lunch and when I came back, I found him reading my book and he was literally on the last you know fifteen pages or so and He said, just a minute, and I'm noticing he's speed reading. He's literally flipping pages and running down the page and speed reading. So he finishes the book and I asked, I said, what do you think? He said, it's extremely step-by-step. And I wish I had this a few years ago because he was, he was already in his second year of his master's. So it's, it's really, it really is step-by-step and it's very easy to do. Uh, But winning takes a whole different strategy. Finding them is a lot easier than people think.
0: Well, I just have to thank you so much because you've broken the biggest myth out there. Is it we have to accept that we're going to be in debt from our own experience and from our kids' experiences even more so, and that we should always be saving, saving, saving for them. You've just given us a whole new perspective, a whole new avenue to explore again, unlocking the possibilities of all of this. And so I just want to thank you. We're going to run into our five questions before you tell us. There is a free gift for everyone who's who's still on with us, but we'll get to that in just a moment. We're going to go through our five questions with Denise right now. So number one for you is share your favorite book or research that has had a significant impact on your journey as a mom or in your own journey, however you want to take it.
1: Awesome. Well, there was a book that one of my mentors had suggested and it's called Essentialism. Uh, it's, it's really looking at what are the essential things you really need to be happy in life. So that's, that's really a good one. Um, and there there are plenty of other phenomenal books out there. I'm sure you've got a list of titles from your people. Uh, there was another book that talked about raising kids and I wish I could remember the title of the book, but this was about, okay, 30 years ago and my daughter's preschool teacher, required all the parents to get this book and she taught a class on it for six weeks. What I loved about this book and remember about it more than anything else was to give your child choices. I don't care how old they are. They can be 18 months old. Doesn't matter. Your kids understand. Give them choices. However, whatever of the two choices you're weighing or that you want your child to decide on, they're both okay with you. So for example, your child may be out on the front lawn playing with friends and it's time for dinner. And your child doesn't want to come inside for dinner. So you ask, well, you can either walk inside or I can carry you in. Which would you prefer? (laughs) Give them choices where both choices are okay with you. So if it's 30 degrees outside, You don't give the choice of the long sleeve sweater versus the t-shirt. Which of these two long sleeve sweaters would you prefer?
0: I love that. What you're teaching
1: here. Yeah. You're teaching not only to make good choices, but you're teaching critical thinking and you're allowing them a choice in their life. Right. There's just so many examples I could give of that, but that was part of, of an instrumental a parenting strategy that I use throughout my parenting as well.
0: I love that, that concept though, of having the idea of having two choices that you're okay with. Cause sometimes that part is left out and we're like, give your kids choices, make sure they have choices, but like make sure that you're okay with the choices that are given. That's such a different twist on it. I love that. Number three for you. Oh, sorry. Number two or number two. What is a special family tradition or ritual that brings
1: joy and connection to your household? For us, As soon as, I'm the oldest of four kids, as soon as the kids all left home, my dad said Christmas or Thanksgiving, what have you, whatever the holiday was, Easter, is when we're all together. It doesn't matter that it's not on the day. It can be two, three weeks before, five, six weeks after, doesn't matter. It's when everyone is together. That is our Christmas. That is our Easter. That is our Thanksgiving. And you have to think in any anytime you're developing trans, you know, traditions in your family, how does that impact your child growing up as an adult? What are they seeing in that? And what they're seeing is that you are more important than the day itself. Yes. And that makes it so much, e- this particular tradition made it so much easier going forward when your kids have spouses and they have their own kids and how, and okay, well, the spouse has a family. So who gets Christmas this year? You know, that kind of thing. It's it's stressful and it's completely unwarranted. Think about imparting something like this with your family. And it may not work with both sides of the family, you know, the in-laws and whatnot, but give it a shot. It's really awesome.
0: I love that. Um, number three, we're going to opening up the conversation. I think we have um, of how are you? And a lot of times, especially as busy moms, we're calling them out. We always answer, I'm just so busy, blah, blah. But we've kind of internalized and identified that even as moms uh, just in the society that we're always trying to do, 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 do. So what's your take on
1: how to re- reframe? Well, I guess we have to look at a couple of things here. When When we ask the question, how are you? First of all we enter church and we ask a friend someone that we know how are you and it's always i'm fine it's it's not a conversation starter anymore it's a conversation stopper because we're not really getting to the crux and we need to teach our children this as well because our kids are growing up not knowing how to start or continue a conversation they don't when they're in the workforce which is coming They don't know how to build team members because they can't build these relationships personally to begin with. So instead of how are you think of something specific that you know about that person, or if you don't, we'll get into that too. But if you know something about that individual, ask about that thing, not the general, how are you? Mm -hmm. Oh, your mama was sick last week. How's she doing? start the conversation. And if you don't know anything about the individual, you've just your kid has just walked into their new job, ask a coworker, "Hey, um, you know, I'm I don't really live, this, you know, real close to here, so where's a good place to find a burger?" Start an actual conversation. I love that.
0: Leads us into number 4. Describe what genius means to you and how you feel when you live in your genius
1: zone. I always think about my kids first uh, with regard to these kinds of questions. So in, in understanding what someone's genius is, part of it is knowing they've had the opportunity to find it to begin with. And for me, my genius zone is research. I am so honed in and I don't care what the topic is. It can be a high school to college or beyond topic. And I will have, I kid you not, 15, 20 tabs open. Only I have a a, a hint for that as well. So don't let me forget that about those tabs. Um, Logic, being logical about making decisions rather than emotional is extremely important Uh, especially when it comes to making college decisions. We have allowed um, marketing to make it an emotional decision, and it is not. This is a financial decision. Your daughter's wedding is an emotional decision, okay? Having a baby is an emotional decision. What college to attend and how much to pay for it is a financial decision, two totally different things. So get the emotions out of it. But my genius zone is the research. I love researching literally everything. And I have imparted that with my kids as well as uh, teaching them logic. That is probably one of the most important things you can teach your kids. Because today, a lot of what they see on television is bringing in emotion to decisions that should be logical. So, Please, if you do nothing else, if you take nothing else from this conversation, teach your kids logic. Uh, When I asked my kids when things were going bananas, you know, at their age level, right, Their, their age level. And I said, why are, and I asked both kids, both kids, why are you guys still grounded in our values as a family and not being swayed by what I call the rhetoric of today, and my daughter said, "Because you taught us logic, logic, discernment, how to read for bias—three things that are extremely important as a young adult going forward in life. Please teach those kids to you, those things to your kids." Um, now back to the tabs. If you have a bunch of Google Chrome tabs, there is an extension called One Tab. O N E T A B. And it will bring all of those tabs together into one. And all the links on that tab page are live links. It's not just a description of what it is or the title. You can literally click on it and open that link again. So you don't lose them.
0: Okay. i not taking
1: up your computer. Mind bone
0: right now. <laughs> what is that called? One tab you said?
1: One tab. O-N-E-T-A-B.
0: I love that. And I love how you said the idea about logic, because especially with the internet and so much out there, they really need to learn to discern that for themselves and go, okay, this site, there's no validity in this site. Like, I'm not going to listen to this, especially with all the fake news out there.
1: Yeah. Exactly. If you think about, and I've, I've taught my kids, when you, you have to get past the headline. The headline is, a, is just a lead in to get you to read, to get you to open the page, whatever, to get you to buy that newspaper. More than half the time, what you really find if you literally read it all is that it's not about that at all. It might be just the opposite, to be honest with you. And, and here's a couple of other tips. With regard to high school to college, you will see a headline once or twice a year name your inner city student wins $1.2 million in scholarships. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. They were offered that number because they added up all the schools the child applied to, and there's more than 100 schools. And they added up all of the scholarship offers for each school. Well, if they if the if the article bothers to tell you how many schools it was, and you do the math, you'll realize they earned maybe $35,000 in each school is what was being offered. So they still have to find at least 70,000 just to attend their state flagship university or more. You can only accept one school scholarship. Therefore, you only won one scholarship. And also use caution. I have seen this numerous times. Other consultants in the industry will use those types of advertising tactics. And I have talked with, I have implored some of them to please change the way they are saying this. Well, I won 600000 in scholarships. No, you didn't. I won $900,000 in scholarships. No, you didn't. I've asked them because it's lying. I'm sorry. Hands down, it is lying. You did not win those scholarships. You could only take home one of that particular number. Tell me what you really used scholarship wise, and if or how much you actually had to pay and come up, you know, cough up cash wise afterwards or loans. So again, parents, you've got to use caution when you're using the internet uh, and Facebook pages for getting your information. Uh, A lot of times what we're getting is false information or myths, or even high school counselors, I'm sorry, they're not giving you the correct information.
0: It it is. It's so true. There's just too much out there now. So it's like, you have to do that for yourself and look into those things, which actually kind of leads us a little bit into number five is how do you encourage your kids to explore their passions and live in their genius? I think part of it, you did say logic in there, but what else is it that really brought out their genius are some of the things you did?
1: It's it's giving opportunities. I'll be 100% honest with you, seeing what lights them up And for some kids, that's tough. I'll be honest with you. I got one of each. Got one kid that was easy to figure out and another kid that was like pulling teeth to figure out what on earth really lit this kid up. So you do have to watch as a parent, even when your kids are young. If you've got young kids and you're watching this right now or listening to this, you have to pay attention. My daughter... Easy. She wears her emotions on her sleeve. You know if she likes something or she doesn't, and she's going to tell you. My son, different child altogether. And if he really honed in and loved something, what I would get was this little eyebrow lift, and it was there for a split second. Then you'd never see it again. He was, his entire life has been even keel copaesthetic. So you never got the response you wanted about, you know, did you enjoy that? How was that? Oh, son, how was that thing you did today? You know, tell me about it. And, you know, you would think as a parent, when you bring the emotion in, they would bring it back out and you get it back. No, not this child. So that's something that you need to understand is that kids are different. You have different children. You're going to get different things out of them but pay close attention. Give them opportunities. One of the things that I do like, I'm going to say it's like the second module in the course. Uh, we talk about activities, but what I give you is a page of, I'm going to call it more typical activities for high school kids. And it's probably a hundred different things on there. The reason you get this checklist is twofold. Number one, If your kid is in middle school, because we do start as early as middle school, then use it as a jumping off point that says, what would my kid like to do? Print two copies out, give one to your kid and one for you and check the box. Your kid's going to check the box. Ooh, that looks like fun. Or they'll, you know, circle the things that they've already completed or done or tried. For you, you're checking the box, deciding if this is a possibility for your child. For example, your kid may check the box skydiving. You might put an X on that box over my dead body while you're in my roof. You know, so it's funny about skydiving,
0: actually, though, is that <laughs> my middle daughter said, when I'm 18, I want to go skydiving with you. I'm like, okay, let's plan it. When you're I 18, said, okay. you can do that. <laughs> well, I said I'd go with her. I even said I'd go with her because I've always thought maybe, and I was chicken to do it, and I thought maybe. And then I brought up maybe a month later, just like, I never said that. I don't want to go I'm like, okay.
1: <laughs> That's so no. Have you lost your mind? Yeah. Jumping out of a perfectly good airplane is not on my list of things to do. Just saying. Um, but uh, you know, so you're going to go through the, the list. And if your kid is older already in high school, then the list is more for remembering the things that you've done, that your child has done and trying to figure out what is it. We're trying to find that pattern. What is it that lights them up? If, if it's not, right on the forefront.
0: So I have to say, ladies, those of you listening to this, that if you research isn't your genius, you just heard that it's Denise's. So this is the program for you. If this is something you've been thinking about, wanting to know other ways to get out there and figure out what your kids, first of all, she talks about how to figure out that genius in your kids as well, but also how to use that genius to get them those color scholarships and get them into those colleges. So if it's not your wheelhouse, Go. And on that note, tell us about the the free gift you have for everyone.
1: Awesome. So I have a gift titled 12 Scholarship Secrets, Tips from Prestigious Scholarship Judges. And this is a checklist to use prior to hitting that submit button in both college applications and in submitting any scholarship at any level. Basically, there are, there are things that scholarship judges see often that just gets your kid's application tossed out before it gets past the first hurdle. Some of it's going to be common sense, uh, but it's obviously not so common because it's on the list. Just saying.
0: Well, when you're doing all this stuff, you miss things, right? So that's why you yes. have to checklist in front of you just to double check to make sure you didn't make that mistake because we're
1: human. Yeah. And, and, so- and I will tell you, I have heard parents, a few parents will say, well, my kid won't even let me see his application. Well, he's not going to win. Hands down. You got to have a second set of eyes on it for a lot of reasons. Even when my son went off to college for the first two years, at least, he would send me his uh, project, whatever the homework assignment was, and the assignment itself, and the and the grading rubric, so that I can review and make sure that he didn't miss anything. At least half the time, he missed something because you know you have that question that says da da da, da and why? Kids will miss the and why so many times. And that might be half the grade for that question. Once they understand and they've seen and you, you, cause you're not changing it for them. You're showing them what they missed. Now it becomes something they learn to check for. And at a certain point in time, they don't need your help anymore. It's they got it.
0: I love that again, coaching them along the way, getting them ready to identify it themselves. So let everyone know, how they can get a hold of you and any final words before we end today.
1: Yeah. So if you download this free gift, you'll be able to get an email. You can, now you've got my email address. How about that? And you can always reply to any of the emails that I send. I do not send many emails. You might get once a week on average. Uh, I don't like sending a lot because I don't like receiving a lot. Go figure. Uh, But definitely reach out to me. The earlier you start, the more opportunities there are and the less stress going forward. Let's leave your child with financial freedom and a legacy going forward.
0: I love that so much. Thank you, Denise, so much for debunking so many of these myths, showing us your genius of research. And if that's not yours, go get the free gift and start looking at what are the possibilities for you and your family. Before we wrap up, Here are some key takeaways to remember from our inspiring chat with Denise Thomas. Number one, start preparing early. Begin your search for scholarships as early as the kindergarten years and keep an eye out for opportunities to boost your child's application throughout their high school years. Number two, try new things allow your kids to explore a wide range of activities to discover their passions and what genuinely lights them up. Number three, Use your logic, make financial decisions about college logically, not emotionally. Remember, choosing a college is a financial decision, not an emotional one. Number four, ask the right questions instead of the general, how are you? Ask specific questions that can create meaningful conversations and foster better connections. Number five, give kids control, let your kids have the say in their future. Give them choices and empower them to make their own decisions. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Mama Genius Hub podcast, where we aim to inspire, connect, and empower external mamas like you. Your support can make a difference. Please subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform to help us reach more mamas on their genius journey. Until next time, stay connected and keep shining your unique light in our community. Let's do motherhood together. Hey there, Busy Mamas. I know exactly how you feel. Overwhelmed, frustrated, and barely find time for yourself. Guess what? I've been there, and I found a way out. I've got something just for you, and it's called Busy Mamas, 10 Ways to Reclaim Your Morning in One Minute. You see, during the chaotic times of getting my kids ready for school and wanting to pull my hair out, I realized I need to start taking care of myself too. It wasn't easy, but it was necessary. So here's your free gift for your first step to taking back your mornings and enjoying them again. And there's a bonus too to help you organize your mornings with your kids. So claim it at connectingmamas.com slash it's time to stop doing motherhood alone and start supporting each other.